0: welcome to another episode of podcast pasta that's the podcast that's like pasta not the podcast that's about pasta i'm your host mike and today i am joined by mecca an independent game developer known for and i think i'm kind of paraphrasing here from your twitter bio making crusty old 3d games how are you doing today uh not bad not bad yourself i'm doing well so I guess the most obvious question to start with, it's kind of like just a more general one that I give to like all my guests. But uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, how you got into, um, you know, this sort of like game development and what, what you feel like really uh, drives your work that you create.
1: Well, what got me into it is that when, e- even from a young age, I knew, right, I want to make games. This is, this is what I want to do. And originally when i was very little that was uh, i want to work for nintendo i want to make games at nintendo but then as i entered middle school the that's when the indie boom started and then th- that kind of changed from oh i want to make games at nintendo to no actually you can make your own things that can be a, a path you can pursue and then how i actually got into it i'm a little hazy on that because it the early days were very very like no output at all like I was doing little basic tutorials I didn't know how to program or anything I was getting nowhere and it was kind of doing that for years until eventually I started to go to after school I went to college at a games course it wasn't particularly a good course but it was it was very focused in that I could you know it's just kind of always there in your face always oh you can be doing stuff you could be making stuff then I went to, to uni doing a similar thing after that, which was just more of the same thing. And through basically just past couple, six years of just nose to the grindstone, let's just try making things. I've eventually gotten to the point where, oh, I can actually make things now. Now let's focus on getting things good and getting things that people want to, to buy and getting people, basically letting people know about it, trying to build a community. That's been like my past year. And then I believe you asked this, what was the second question? Sorry, it was what drives me.
0: Yeah, what kind of like drives or like basically influences the work that uh, you do in terms of like how you approach game design. with How I like, approach you know, it. Yeah.
1: Hmm, it, this is actually something I've thought about quite a lot recently. And I think it's, I'm trying to, th- trying to think of how to word this, think about it a lot, but I've never actually kind of spoke about it or put it into words. Uh, a lot of it comes from a deep, deep admiration for kind of the kind of history of mechanics and history of genres and just kind of seeing how things evolved and how a mechanic would start out and how it would go through the years. And that's been especially a thing recently in recent years where I used to never care about RPGs or JRPGs at all, then all of a sudden one year I just got really into them and then it was a case of going through kind of the history of going. Okay, how did that start? How did that evolve? Where did things go from there? And it's just kind of kind of a study, studious approach almost to kind of how games evolve and how mechanics evolve.
0: Right, I got you. So, from my understanding, uh, I, I think from our, our messages, you actually studied. You're from the UK, and you, you've studied there yes. for like programming and game design, correct? Yes. Yes. Um, I guess uh i I don't know how much uh how much you really know about this Uh, i don't know if you really worked with like people from like let's say america or other places but um from your experiences how how is the like what differences do, do you tend to notice between like how it's how it's like studying game design in the uk versus like other places like in america because from my understanding like in america you have programs like Full Sail University, but that's not really like part of like for us like our like college system that's like kind of an off-brand thing in a sense. So is it similar, is, do you see like similar situations in the UK or like how is it, you know, what, what approaches are taken to studying game design in the UK versus studying it like in America or even in like some European countries?
1: Well, I can't speak for other countries, and I can't speak for every uni here, but I can certainly expand on the approach my uni took, where it was much more of a kind of general arts course that kind of had a very technical edge to it. It was very, very, what's the word, like eclectic with your skill set. You were doing all kinds of things from different classes. And then there'd, there'd be like dedicated programming classes, dedicated art classes. And it's not a situation where you kind of choose individual classes in the UK it's very much you sign on to a course and then you're given the material you're given all the modules that you do but yeah it was much less of a dedicated make games class and more of a arts course where also game stuff happens I think actually the degree is uh, about yeah the degree was a bachelor of arts so it was very not Programming course, even though there were several classes that were write your programming, you're doing thing.
0: Mm, that's that's interesting now because um like from like I said from my understanding like in the um, at least in the states here it's mostly like uh, very comp sci related and then like if yeah, you yeah. want to get into game you know game design in particular that's like kind of its own branch. Uh, I, granted, I don't know much about like um, actually studying video game development or anything like that so a lot of take what i say with a grain of salt but that's just the general impressions uh i've been getting so um i guess uh well part of the reasons why i brought you on here is because like you you design like a lot of your games like you said like with type of this like retro feel as a sense of like mm. uh, studying the history of games uh I, i'm kind of curious about your own approach to designing Uh, retro games because as you know or as i I assume you know uh a lot of retro games um a lot of their approach to designing like how a player experiences their uh, game wasn't really focused so much on you know accessibility at the time you know simply just due to you know one reason or another so i guess given like a lot of modern sensibilities in video game design uh for you personally like where do you kind of draw the line between like on one hand creating like an authentic retro experience and on the other hand creating something that's more accessible to modern audiences like where do you where do you put yourself on that like uh, well not really so much of a dichotomy but in terms of like that line like do you emphasize one over the other
1: it's it's very much a case of trying to trying to be in the middle as most in the middle as you can without kind of losing that authenticity because it's it is a very very hard balance to achieve where you want to to make sure you still you know are getting that retro kind of kinesthetics and game flow across but not also well it's less of a case where it's hard to not have the accessibility it's more of a case of it's hard to avoid the the lessons that you've learned basically because yeah a lot of inaccessibility in older titles just stems to it wasn't lessons that were like widespread at that point so it's a case of trying to get that fine balance of right how retro can i make this feel while also knowing what exactly is i need to to drop and what i need to take on from more modern approaches and how i usually do that in my approach is it'll it'll almost certainly when the start of a project will arise, it'll be I'm playing something and I'll be inspired and I'll go, right. How can I like iterate on this and take this further a little bit? Not in terms of the the whole the kind of whole uh, the whole shebang, the whole game, because that is gonna be way out of scope, but kind of the little things like uh, a recent project I did was based on the original Resident Evil and the controls in that game become a wide source of contention with the, um, how stiff they can be. So it's just a case of playing that and going, right, how can I take this forward a bit while still, you know, not losing what, what makes it that? And then a lot of it is, as I said previously with history, is then kind of looking at the whole timeline and going, right, what attempts were taken slightly in the future? So not just looking, oh, the original release of Resident Evil. How did survival horror games post that? How did they try and approach their controls and smooth line it? And then kind of trying to get that, at that point, that's when you go, that's the area I'm trying to hit. These are the kind of points I'm trying to hit. Let's try and get in the middle of that and then see ultimately what feels nicest. It's very, very trial and error and iterative and then you go okay this this is something i'm relatively happy with i can go forward with this
0: right right um and i guess uh for like so as an independent game designer i assume that you kind of carry a lot of hats in terms of uh, what you have to mm. do for your own games so you're talking about like you're managing like gameplay uh, mechanics you're managing like um, I don't know if you necessarily do, like, graphic design yourself for your own games, or if, uh, do you usually work with other people like that?
1: I usually, I'm usually completely solo apart from audio, and I'd like to do audio. Audio is something that interests me, but it's just kind of a thing where it's not come up where I've needed to do it, and I've been in a spot where, wherever I need audio, there's someone at the hand who's really good at audio, but aside from that, it is always just... all the the art, all all the programming, except for audio, and really that just comes from, it's not so much a case of you're going, okay, like thinking about it in different hats, the hats kind of merge into one hat, and then it's, in development it's actually harder to split these hats and split tasks around
0: right so i I guess leading more into like my specific question then like what aspect then of like game development do you personally find yourself like struggling with like for me for example i've never developed like really that much of a game myself but like uh this this podcast about like film you know television games things like that uh for me oftentimes when i'm like examining media the hard part that uh i've talked about before is um audio because i just don't really have like an Mm -hmm. ear for music or things like that so do you see any limitations for yourself in terms of like how you approach game design
1: i would probably say audio purely because it's such a dedicated specific field that i don't have experience with but i i don't know if that's too like on the edges if you're on something more like game design specifically
0: well if there's anything else like outside of like i know you said audio but is there anything else like oh you prefer like actually like doing designs and like the art for your games or do you actually like doing the mechanics more you know is there like a line there that you draw yourself well i kind of like
1: of the stuff i do i like doing it equally but it's a case where the things that I don't do are the things that I don't enjoy and it's not so much that I'm concretely thinking about all the time and I think that for me that's definitely like narrative and storytelling like there's fields that I'm interested in it's just stuff that I don't end up doing and then therefore it's you know that kind of muscle isn't being stretched that's what's kind of struggled with and it's something I'm trying to rectify in projects working forward but I definitely say like the kind of more narrative storytelling side is what I struggle with. I'm very much a, very much a mechanics and kinesthetics person.
0: Right, I gotcha so i guess kind of uh I, I don't know if this is necessarily your field but i'm curious to get your more insight on it so in terms of like modern um uh, games I, I don't know how much you really like play it yourself or uh, you know i guess i could just lead in with that question first uh because i know there's like a lot of game developers for like you know they spend so much like working on games and stuff like that do you still find time to like actually enjoy games as a player or is it just something that you kind of like steer away from on your free time
1: um I do I do play a lot of games and I get a lot of enjoyment out of them but I, I think I am in the minority there so I have a, I have a very particular approach to when I'm playing games where it's, it's either I'm in the camp of right I'm playing a multiplayer thing and I'm like socializing with friends or I'm on my own playing a single player title and I'm very much approaching it from that kind of studious analytical angle of going right what's the what, what's going on here kinesthetically what's going on here mechanically what what can i learn from this and it's basically taking a very studious approach that's how i that's how i play games that's how i enjoy games and that's that very much funnels into my work
0: hmm so i i guess for any modern games that you've played um recently i i guess i would ask what what areas do you think a lot of modern games like what areas or what approaches do you think modern games uh are like that you would want modern games to like take is there anything that you've noticed that you would be like oh i I wish modern games would do this more and that like maybe that you would try and like do it in your own work to like kind of rectify that like need that you're not like really seeing I'm
1: not entirely sure how to word this but I have kind of felt like that with playing more older RPGs and more kind of crustier kind of again that word crusty the more inaccessible kind of bleak hardcore games i feel like there is something that's been missing from there but then it's a case where it's missing but it's clearly obvious why it's missing and that's it's got much less appeal it's got a much more of a niche thing um honing in on there where kind of like old old computer rpgs and like the earlier pre-Dark Souls from soft stuff where it's it's very very atmospheric and very very just kind of unuser friendly in a way even though they're quite they can be quite simplistic games they can still be like stuff like instant kill stuff and that I'm, I, I'm struggling how to word this but I don't know if you're understanding what I mean where like a kind of unfriendly older approach has, has been dropped,
0: right like um i i don't know if this is necessarily what you mean but like the example i would think is kind of like like are you talking about like difficulty spikes like you see in like dark souls where it's like you know you could get killed by any
1: specifically more so i'm really struggling how to word this more so that kind of hmm this is this is really hard to put into words but dark souls is a good thing to focus on there actually and that a lot of it stems from not, not pure difficulty, but kind of the atmosphere, like the kind of dark atmosphere and how that's pushed into the, the mechanics and how there's kind of elements where it's like the, the, the player dies and they, they drop their stuff and then it becomes a panic to, to get it back. That kind of unfair kind of stuff where it can really like tap into the atmosphere and the, the storytelling. I feel like that, that's been dropped
0: like that's been that like that's not being done so much anymore or
1: not not so much no i mean the dark souls example is a very specific example it's also a very like contemporary example but kind of more more unfriendly i'm trying to think the exact way to word this but unfriendly in a way where it benefits with the atmosphere and it kind of the the atmosphere and the, the mechanics can play off each other in that way
0: Right, where like the challenge of some of the mechanics plays into like the environment that the player is being putting put in through the narrative.
1: Uh, essentially, yes.
0: Yeah. Um, so I, I'm kind of, uh, I, I guess to kind of lead into my next question here, uh, like what what's the typical budget for games that you currently make right now? I can't imagine it being like a lot. If Cur- any.
1: currently, literally nothing.
0: <laughs> literally nothing.
1: Yeah. Currently, it's it's just me doing things. And then, when I do stuff with my audio person, he, he he's in he's in it for free as well. And I'm wa- I'm wanting to change that. I'm wanting to eventually, well, in the very near future, be able to to sell things and then make money from that and then step things up a little bit. But at the moment, it's about well, my all my projects have very much been really small scope, just not so much experimental in the way where I'm doing stuff that's never been tried before, but very much kind of testing the waters seeing what people tune into seeing what i can build a community around so then i can move on to this next step of actually bringing money into things
0: right now i got you um part of the reason why i was asking is uh like um uh, i don't know if you actually seen this uh, youtuber uh, jacob geller Uh, He did a video where he was talking about how, like, with a lot of, like, modern AAA titles, part of the issue that they're coming up with is that the big thing to pursue with these types of titles is, like, realism in terms of, like, their style and, you know, how that realism influences mechanics and things like that. Mm -hmm. And and he was kind of proposing this whole idea of, like, well, what if you give, like, more independent-minded, like uh developers like the, like people that have more unconventional styles that aren't like really realistic if you gave him like triple a budgets what would they really do so i guess in your case if like let's say tomorrow for some reason you were like um I, I can't even remember any big like video game dev names anymore uh but let's say like a big video game developer approaches you and says hey we're gonna give you a triple a budget to do whatever you want how what would you what would you do with that essentially do you think you would still pursue like this own retro style but just really expand it into a game that's like triple a budget worthy or do you think you would drop it in favor of realism or like what, what would you do and and like he made you like game director and you know that a position somehow
1: well, first thing I'd probably do is panic because that's a that's a really <laughs> sudden <laughs> like career jump to be thrust into. But uh, to answer the question, I I don't know because a lot of my thoughts on the kind of AAA versus indie stuff are less to do with the resources that are available and more to do with it's different products suiting different markets. And so I I don't know what would happen if you gave. Like several millions to to like a, a shoestring like fringe indie. I don't know what would happen with that. I'm not sure it could happen. Is the thing I think it's, I think it's a big part of the kind of fringe indie versus triple A thing, where I'm I'm excluding the kind of higher budget indies where you you know like the the, the Hollow Knights and, and so on, where they've got big budgets going in.
0: Right.
1: I, I'm not sure because it's it's not really a thing where. It's really in a need of money. It's kind of in a different pursuit. Like the, the the AAA games are pursuing kind of wide audience appeal, and they're kind of like to to maximize the kind of investment there. And the more fringe indie stuff is kind of doing its own thing. I don't know how to word it, but if you get what I mean, I think they're trying to accomplish very different things. So I don't know what would happen if, like. A, a tiny indie was suddenly to get a lot of money I, I don't think I have a, a real answer for that
0: yeah that's fair enough um so but I guess in that scope then would you ever be interested in like working for like on a A title yourself like you know I'm not saying like now but like down the line as you gain more experience in the field probably not just
1: because of what the industry's like and what the the kind of culture is around AAA. Uh, going back to the whole different goals in the products, it's not really goals I align myself with. It's kind of... I Ideally, dream position would be kind of A, the kind of indie with a little bit of money.
0: Indie with a little bit of money. I see that. Yeah. And oh, then I, I, think... I realized I
1: didn't answer the realism thing, actually. I don't think I would change from realism because... It's just not what I'm interested in. Again, going to the whole, doing their own thing versus what what the goals are. The, the, like the goals aren't aligning. If that makes sense at all.
0: So you don't think that we would ever see like a retro studio create like a triple A like retro game that would like somehow sell to like a wide audience and like see this whole new resurgence for like triple A games being all retro in like style or anything like that.
1: I mean, we've seen that a little bit with the kind of Doom 2016. That's kind
0: of push degree, yeah.
1: first-person shooters away from just being like the the military stuff and a little bit in the more arcadey direction. But I don't think AAA would ever return to the smaller scope output because AAA is kind of like it's kind of like an arms race in a way where they're constantly kind of pushing the. Uh, what's the term like pushing the boundary pushing the boat in terms of the tech whereas right, yeah. it's less focused on i get this is a good way to explain the ghost thing i was on about earlier actually the the indie stuff is more focused on kind of well not, not necessarily kinesthetics even like they'll focus hone in on a smaller thing and they'll, they'll be like oh I, i'm a narrative game i'm really honing in on the narrative or oh, i'm like a atmospheric walking sim there isn't much story about really honing into our atmospheres whereas a triple a thing would be going for just like almost like a hollywood blockbuster where it's like trying to hitting the beats they know what the beats are going in and we have all the money let's push the boat as far as we can let's kind of push the tech forward Hmm. if that helps explain what i I was trying to say about goals
0: earlier right no I, I, i i i get what you're saying um i guess i guess another aspect that I, i'm kind of curious to um at, uh, to you know pick your brain at so to speak is uh in terms of like actually distributing your games so i see like on your twitter you've used uh dot like i can't remember the name i can't remember how you say it, like H-I-O? H-I-O. Yeah, H-I-O? yeah, yeah to distribute some of your games, how uh, has your experience been using sites like that? And like, I, I guess, like, for your own work, what what improvements would you want to see in terms of how it's like distributed to like a wider market?
1: I'm not sure I necessarily have answers to that, but I can I can definitely like provide more context for it where. A big issue with kind of itch and to the same extent Steam, although that's a little bit different because those are kind of always commercial products. Right. But it's it's a case where there's so much of it that it's really hard to get stuff seen. But it's not a thing you can necessarily fix store-wise because the problem is is that there's so much, and it's not so much that the store's fault. I, I don't think there's a really, really a solution to the to the problem of there's just too much stuff. Like the, the the reason it's happened is because over the past decade or so, with kind of game engines like Unity and Unreal coming around, that the the bar of entry to be able to to make a game has lowered so dramatically much that it's enabled like a lot more games to be made, and as such everyone now has the problem where it's really hard to get stuff seen and it's really hard to yeah really hard to be seen in a market where there's just so much being released all the time which is why why i said earlier about my current goal was community building and seeing what kind of sticks and what gets attention basically and that that's kind of how you combat it and that's a step you have to take as the developer to to get seen you kind of instead of just going releasing a thing on there and wait for people to see it it's kind of right i need to, to drum up this myself because there's so much going around on all these sites that it isn't going to get seen on its own if that answers the question i'm not even sure what the question was at this point
0: no no i think you got like the gist of it like my, my main question was like how you would improve like the distribution of like your own content but i get what you're saying like and naturally what you were saying in regards to. Um, like your work not getting seen i mean that's just across the board with online content yeah, yeah. like podcasting there's like a million you know youtube channels there's like a million so it just feels like a look of the draw type deal um so i guess uh i guess focusing more on the community like um what what approaches have you taken to like actually build this community that you want for promoting like uh, smaller artists of like your artists, developers uh, all those people of your calibre
1: I'm kind of not sure in a way Um, a lot of it has been very centred on on Twitter and making sure it's kind of regular updates, regular little clips and so on but I'm not actually sure what I've explicitly done to try and grow it, I think a large part of it has been the um, kind of being in and around the the haunted ps1 community which is on its own it's a discord server but it's it's very much kind of the the forefront of the kind of fringe retro early 3d stuff and a lot of it hmm, yeah a lot of it's just kind of in and around that using Twitter pushing pushing my stuff taking part in they, they did like a, a game jam. Over the summer, they they do that every year, but I've only participated in one of them. And yeah, I I can't. I'm not exactly sure what I've done explicitly, but it's it's very very focused on Twitter. Which
0: I'm sorry if I I didn't has, mean to like put you on the spot if I did.
1: Oh no no no! I'm I'm just trying to think. Uh, the the exact word for things. Sorry. Uh, a lot of this has been me repeating myself, but yeah. The, um, the, the, the thing with community building is that there, there's a big issue with it, kind of similar to the, the thing with the online distribution platforms where there's there's so much. It's again, the online online content it also extends to this.
0: Right, I gotcha. And
1: so it's and it's Twitter explicitly. It's really hard for game dev stuff to be seen by people who aren't just other devs who are also pushing their stuff. Like a big, a big aim of it is to try and actually deliver it to your potential audience, but that can be quite of a, of a hard task when all the devs are doing this and they're sharing it through channels that <laughs> just just the devs are seeing. And actually, no, that there is a thing that I have explicitly done to try and community build, and that's kind of focused in on these kind of more, more niche styles and kind of aesthetics and that's instead of going to having like a kind of more general product and going right tr- trying to see who's interested in it it's it's right i know exactly the people who are interested in this what's the best way i can then show it to them and get them to go oh look and then come look what i'm doing and it's very much that's been my approach for twitter with with being involved in, in such communities and making such games it's kind of targeting specific kind of groups, rather than general trying to scream into the air.
0: I guess kind of with that too, uh, since you do have this focus on like the retro game design for your own content, uh, are, are you yourself a collector, or have you engaged with the collecting community uh, at all on your own end?
1: Not really. I, I do play a lot of retro games very frequently, but I'm not really a big fan of kind of playing them on hardware, it used to be a thing of money and it's turned into also a thing of space, it's like I just don't have the space to put this stuff. And then that's kind of evolved into an appreciation of of emulation, specifically for for preservation and such.
0: Right, so do you you ever have like a... Not really. oh. Oh, sorry. Um, or what
1: are
0: you saying no do you ever have like uh so I'm guess I'm not really sure if you have ever like a goal like if you're developing like these retro games to see like one of your games like either on a physical CD or some other physical medium to like give out to fans just like for the achievement of it
1: uh it would be a nice thing to do especially if say there was like a console release or something have like one of these limited run little little distribution things. But it's I'm not too I'm not too concerned with the actual kind of physical stuff it's more so the the games themselves like just just the raw like the, the, the software of it in a way.
0: right I got you. well we're approaching the uh, roughly the 30 minute mark here. I don't know if you want to uh, keep going it's it's up to you
1: uh I, I'm fine with it with, with all the rambling it's gonna be like <laughs> cut down to half this anyway.
0: Uh, it's fun. I don't really, l- listen, I've got a level with you. I don't really edit these episodes, <laughs> but yeah, I could keep going for sure. Um, so I-, I guess, um, I can't remember if you specifically mentioned this earlier, but, uh, like part of your goal for like yourself is to be like more of like kind of this, like double A developer in a sense where you just want to build like still like stay in like the independent section with like retro games and stuff but distribute to like a wider platform uh do you have your eyes set on any type of like let naturally i would imagine you have to like partner with like a publisher so do you have any like dream ones that you would ever want to work with
1: uh, I'd quite like to work with Devolver Digital at some point. That's really the only publisher that immediately jumps to mind. But it, it, in a way, I'd like to not work with a publisher for, for as long as I can and be be fully independent. Just because, as a as a solo developer, kind of my, my budget requirements are a lot lower. So I'm not necessarily in as dire of a need of a publisher as say, like an actual team of people would
0: be. Right, I got you. Um, so, I so what is it in particular about Devolver Digital then that you really like you, that you're really drawn to them? Or I guess I, in a more broader sense, for any uh, publisher, what would really draw you to them to say, yes, I want to like work with them to like distribute my my game to like a larger really, ah, audience. Sorry.
1: I think a lot of it has to do with their, their similar output in a way. It kind of becomes like how you get record labels who release certain stuff. You kind of, you, you get that with indie publishers in a way, where indie publishers will publish like a certain type of stuff. I'm not sure what specifically, if, if an indie publisher were to come up to me and say, what exactly would you want to see from us to partner with us? I don't know about that specifically. I think. I think I am going to go with the the record label analogy, where it's kind of similar outputs, like a, like a prestige thing in a way.
0: Right. So you you feel that you're st- the games that you make kind of match what Devolver would just naturally, uh, like, put out, anyways.
1: Not currently, but but I'd hope for that in the future.
0: Right. I gotcha. Um. So I, I guess to focus it more on you, then, uh, do you have any like? Like, I guess now would be the time to, like, kind of plug, like, do you have any, like, projects that you have, like, on the horizon for yourself? Like, uh, any major In near the future,
1: there's... I'm kind of tossing back and forth between two longer-term commercial things to pursue. But in the, the very, very short term, for 7-day FPS, I'm putting together a little prototype with a friend of... Kind of, I've I've tackled PS1 style stuff before, so now I'm looking at tackling N64 style stuff. So we're getting a little a little prototype game of a GoldenEye style thing put together. That's currently my my immediate future.
0: Hmm. And is this is this event? Is it like a is it like just a game jam or just a general like game development?
1: This this will be a game jam project. Unless it explodes and goes viral, then it'll probably be taken forward. But the general goal is for it just to be a game jam project
0: um i guess what are your opinion on game jams because like to me um i i always i I would always find like the environment like the uh environment of a game jam to be like really stressful Mm -hmm. and i i don't know if it really like promotes like kind of this good mentality towards like independent like you know game development where you know where in general in the industry we're trying to like come at like a crossroads with like crunch and you know like yeah, trying yeah. to give workers you know the time that they need to actually make these you know to make the product as good as it can be so I guess what's your take on that is it like is a type of like a pressure that you endure yourself or you know just like a necessary evil how, how would you make of it
1: I'm kind of mixed on game jams in general where not, not all game jams are the, the same. It's very much to do with the the scope of the game jam. Where I, I think in general, generally they're like a couple of days. I don't think that's enough time to one make anything and two, well make anything healthily or to really learn much. I, I, I just I've never gotten much out of the the shorter end ones when I've taken part in them, and I've never been happy with any of the output I've produced from shorter ones. But when they start getting a bit longer, when they start getting like a month long, two months long, I think that's when things get really good for them. Where at that point, you've got a significant amount of time to make a little short experience and to make a proper thing you can learn with and be proud of. But yeah, I, I, I don't think there's much to be gained from smaller ones, but I think I'm definitely the minority with that but larger ones I think are really productive and I think I'd like to see more larger game jams in the future.
0: And to of course participate in more larger game jams.
1: And participate in more larger ones yeah. Yeah.
0: Um I guess kind of moving off topic uh another area that of like you know video games in general that I really like is uh usually a lot of content I watch on YouTube is about like easter eggs or like hidden things Hmm. in um video games so i guess for your own fans uh have you hidden any easter eggs in any of the games that or like any of the content that you've put out yet and that maybe some of your fans haven't figured it out yet or anything like that
1: so far no but there's i've i've known what i've wanted to put as an easter egg i've just never had time to do it so eventually eventually uh, i will but it's a case of i mean a lot of the things i've made so far have been very kind of small scope like week-long projects a month or two long projects so there's never really been the the kind of the, the long spread time that you need to really go oh i'm gonna take a little bit to to hide something there which doesn't contribute to anything
0: right i got you so i, I guess then i guess i'll follow up with uh, what, what what type of easter eggs would you have in mind for putting into like your own game if you had the time to like implement it
1: just kind of little small little i'm just trying to think about the word. it is like a little visual thing like a like a specific character or something kind of kind of like a wink to the, the the player themselves where it's like this isn't actually meant to be a thing in the world this is this is something for you who who i know or are a fan who's going to recognize this and go oh yeah i know that thing
0: hmm. i see so um in your own work because uh i've seen that like a lot of it is like demos you know and just like little things Mm -hmm. here or there um is there anything that is there any genre that like you feel like you would just never like really try and approach on your own due to either like a lack of interest or you know you just don't feel like you ever have the expert enough expertise to really like understand it enough to like make a game from it from that genre
1: i kind of have two answers for this where the first one expanding from what i said previously about struggling with narrative i don't think i could do a, a like a heavy narrative game like like a like a walking sim or, or a visual novel or something like that even though i'd quite like to i think that doesn't align with me in a way where i could make something in, in the near future at least maybe that would change in the future but additionally i, I don't think i could see myself making like like a platform or, or a very kind of physics actiony thing which again that might change in the future in in the same way that as i said kind of at the start i think i didn't like rpgs at first and suddenly got really really into rpgs uh maybe that'll change in the future but at the moment where i stand currently i I'm, I'm not interested in doing like heavy narrative stuff and i'm not interested in doing Platformer or, like, kind of f- fast-paced action stuff.
0: Hmm. I gotcha. Um, let me see. I'm trying to think of what else I want to ask here that we haven't really covered yet. Um... So I guess, I guess to ask more about you outside of a game develop, you know, outside of your work developing, um, what 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 hobbies do you have outside of like like I guess game development? How do you feel like a lot of the, your experiences outside of that have kind of? What have you taken from that, and then that has helped influence like how you create games or create experiences for players.
1: Kind of the, the two the two major hobbies I have are kind of, I don't do it a lot but, but watching films, uh, I, I'm, I'm not a person who can put on a film in the background, if, if I'm watching a film I'm very much I'm sitting down, I'm dedicated, I'm giving it my all focus, I don't end up doing too much, but I, I am a big fan of, of film. Do I do I think it's influenced what I've done? Kind of, but I'm, I'm not really sure how in a way. I think it's more a case of, because obviously film it's more storytelling, it's it's narrative, it's kind of bigger picture overarching stuff, it hasn't had a chance to kind of influence what I've done so far, which has very much been kind of smaller demo stuff, which doesn't have the scope to kind of, you know, have have a narrative or have like big storytelling elements or so on. And then the, the second one is kind of card games, like, uh, it's been a recent thing, but like, Magic the Gathering and uh, Pokemon a couple of years ago. And that's, that's directly tied into to influencing my work purely because those are also games. They're not computer games, but yeah, been very influential in terms of um, kind of approach to, to resources and kind of approaches to, trying to, to determine the word, but kind of approaches to, to valuating resources and so on. And um, they're not things that have influenced my work so far, but it's stuff that kind of influences my thinking a lot and how I will approach stuff that I have not yet approached, basically.
0: Right, I understand. Um, I, I'm kind of curious. I sometimes like running this like exercise here with some of my other guests, but like, let's say... I'd like to give you like to give you scenario let's say i had like a fan and they were like to approach you because i know like you said you've been doing a lot of this retro game like development as kind of like a history to understand like how these older games worked. so i guess if you had like somebody approach you and like say um hey man i really kind of want to get into like retro rpgs what, like what would you recommend for somebody that wants to get into or i guess let me let me take it more broader into like retro games in general like how would you guide them towards to like helping them find what you think like would interest them so to speak
1: well i'd actually take the same approach for specifically rpgs and also broader things and that would just be to to kind of ask them more to ask what they they like outside of retro stuff and then from there kind of go okay from there what kind of the of the big classics might they like the, the very critically acclaimed the, the ones that everyone loves and then yeah if, if someone hadn't had much experience in a specific so, say if retro games are a subgenre, I wouldn't go niche with it. I'd recommend try and find out, like, scope out which one of the big classics that everyone loves would they might like and what they might drive with, basically.
0: So I guess in that regard, are there any like big classics that you think are either overrated or that like for a new player you would just never recommend because you know it requires kind of like you know being more familiar with games to like understand.
1: It kind of depends on what they're wanting out of it. Because obviously, as as I've expanded on, when I play games, it's very much studious to kind of look at and analyze the kind of history and the evolution. So what I might get of something might completely bore someone else. Like, say if I was to to say someone, oh, play, play the original Super Mario, and it would be kind of... Someone like me would get the enjoyment from it by looking at kind of where it stands in history where it stands mechanically and how that's influenced later things and what it itself was based on earlier but based on be based on what you know I scoped out in the conversation before with finding out what they might like I don't know actually I don't think I'd be very good at it, to be honest I I think I'd do a poor job (laughs) of like recommending (laughs) recommending early things to people I, I think my, my goals are like too specific and too personal to really to really help other people in that regard.
0: Hmm. So I guess maybe this next question won't help. <laughs> I was, <laughs> was uh, kind of curious then, like, let's say you had a person that like they're a huge fan of like your games in particular. And they approach you and say, oh, man, I love your games. But I played all of them. I just I have no time. You know, I have all the free time in the world. I beat all your games. I'm waiting for you to come out for stuff, but in the meantime, like what would you recommend outside of like your content for somebody that is like a fan of like your games then? Or do you just <laughs>
1: That 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 would actually be a lot a lot easier in terms of well the the first one was the issue of I don't know what they're getting out from it, I don't know, you know, what they're going to to enjoy. Whereas with this, I know exactly what they've they've enjoyed. And I don't know well not necessarily what they've got out of it but i can just kind of point to oh if i've really been inspired by this thing i can just say oh go play that thing i was really inspired by for this
0: Hmm. i got you so like any games in particular like just specifically like you know a a retro game or like any type of game that you feel like would match one to one with like what you pursue i guess in terms of like your own content
1: it differs a lot from project to project because I, I like to, to bounce around different genre stuff to kind of explore different stuff. But I'd say overall, in terms of not necessarily a lot of output so far, but in terms of what I want to aim for and aspire to, is I'd probably say the the Kingsfield series by by From Software, the first person PlayStation One RPGs. I'd say that'd be the thing I'd recommend if people wanted to get get in tune with where I want to be, where, where I want to go, if that makes sense.
0: I gotcha. Um, I guess then, now I'm kind of curious, though. So, uh, you know, in terms of, like, games you could recommend, it's very broad. Uh, do you have any, like, type or, like, any developers, like, in, in the industry currently that you could, like, call to you know that you could recall that you would like say in general like isn't getting enough recognition for their work that you see at least from your own experience maybe playing their games or like following their careers that you feel like they're doing a lot of things that really interest you as a creator and that you and that by extension you might recommend to like other people
1: I'm not sure. And, and again, that kind of goes a lot back to what I was saying with I get a very specific things out of games that I don't think other people would to the point where, yeah, in, in general, I, I find recommendations really hard because kind of my goals are very, very specific. And I don't know if the person I'm talking to would also share those goals. So I don't, I, I don't know specifically.
0: Well, even like let's say as like a, a fellow developer that wants to like learn more about the like industry like what i guess what work would you and they they're also like let's say into like the more retro style of design like how would you guide uh, you know what actually let, let me let me reword it like that then like let's say now that um you're like somewhat older you've been more into the industry let's say and you take on like a prodigy somehow like some guy like some developer Approaches you and say, "Oh man, I really want to learn more about this industry, and I, I trust you to guide me. I'm in your hands to guide me in this industry. Um, wh- how would you like? How would you con- like? Gu- I guess console them in terms of like g- guiding them to help them understand like their style. And I guess, in I guess in some ways, answering this, how did you eventually find like your style in this industry?
1: I'm not sure I could I could help this theoretical person, really. I'm not sure how I found my style specifically. It's just kind of a case of when doing, you just kind of adopt certain practices. I, I don't, Yeah, I, I don't think I could help this theoretical person. I don't think I'd be the right person to, to take on a prodigy in that way.
0: I mean, maybe down the line.
1: Maybe down the line. Maybe when I'm older and wiser.
0: <laughs> maybe when you're older and wiser, for sure. <laughs> um trying to think if there's any more questions I really had here. Um, hmm. Well, well, I guess I could kind of ask this. I don't know if you would really necessarily have any experience with this, but like uh, again, um, as I explained before, like this podcast is focused on like film, television, and other forms mm-hmm. of like media and um in recent years i mean like recently we had the finale to like arcane i'm not sure if you had the time to watch it or anything or if you Uh, I've not not yet no um but i guess uh you know we're we're seeing kind of these pushes more to like adapting games into like other media whether it's like comics or like movies television shows Mm -hmm. what have you so i i guess as a developer yourself um what 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 do you think would be some ways to like, and again, I don't know how much you'd really necessarily know about this yourself, but like in terms of adapting certain properties, what do you think should be some things to like avoid in order to like kind of bridge the gap between like somebody who's like a traditional movie goer or like a television watcher and somebody that you know like plays? The actual game that's being adapted. How do you think you could bridge the gap between those two fans in order to create like a piece of visual media that would like kind of appease both?
1: Yeah, like like satisfy both. Yeah, I don't I don't think you can. If if that's an answer, that that sounds fine. I think the goals of both mediums are so so different, and obviously there's going to be some games where that doesn't apply. Kind of the more. I think the more kind of triple-A blockbuster-style things are going to, like, uh, kind of translate and adapt the best because you've got similar goals there to, like, a blockbuster game to a blockbuster movie, whereas, yeah. In general, I don't think adaptations can happen just purely because of goals of the medium and how the medium is experienced.
0: Mm, that's kind of cute, because, like, my... Um my mentality with it is that uh you know i I think what would work more at least the way that i would approach it is that like instead of like trying to adapt games that specifically have like a certain narrative or like there's kind of this reliance on you like embodying like the and i guess it's kind of a weird way of saying it but you kind of embodying the main protagonist is to rather like take some of these like uh more indie experiences where it's not really so much about like the the story of the game but rather like kind of catching like the general vibes of it so I'm, mm, I'm trying to think I, of like I see experience. what you mean
1: yeah, yeah. well uh, when I was saying what my point before that was very much from the point of view of like uh, like kind of Hollywood-esque like big film production I, I think there is like definitely room for like kind of the more like indie art house film to kind of share in that kind of indie in art house game aspect and it's I, again very much dependent on games in that case it would be the more the more environmenty like walking simi type stuff i think would, yeah. could translate best to to like like an indie film as opposed to like like a really hard mechanics kind of thing
0: Right. So yeah, like so, like the the way I was thinking of it was like not so much capturing like the story or like how it feels to play a game, yeah, but rather yeah. trying to catch like the general vibes of a game to like kind of you know you know like uh, invoke the feel of it. Mm, yeah, like
1: you, Yeah, it's it's attacking it from a different angle. Instead of attacking the the game end, it's attacking the the atmosphere end
0: um well i think we're approaching around the hour mark here uh thank you so much for everyone that was listening for you know participating in this conversation uh if you want to support the podcast there's a number of ways you could do so uh anchor gives you a subscription option if you want to support it through like a monthly payment but if you don't want to be committed to that there's i also have a ko-fi account set up to where you can make one-time donations. Um, I also have a merch store set up so you could buy like t-shirts, mugs, you know, what have you. This is all linked on my Twitter account at podcastingpasta. Again, that's at podcastingpasta. All one word. The P's are capitalized. Um, Meka, sorry, Meka, thank you so much for joining us today it, uh, it's,
1: it's been a lot of fun uh it's the first podcast i've been on which is gonna explain a lot of pause and rambling but it's it's been a very fun experience thank you for having me on
0: oh no worries no worries uh if you want to shout out like your own socials where people can find you i know you have like the twitter the github the h.io anything like that
1: uh yeah twitter.com slash menacing mecca and h.io slash menacing mecca those are the only two for now i tried setting up an Instagram. I I can't log in for some reason. I tried setting up a TikTok. Can't change any account details without installing it on my phone. So, yeah, for now, now, just Twitter at
0: Okay. And, um, like, how do you, like, spell it for my audience? I'll also link it in the episode description, but just in case, like, because sometimes people, like, that listen don't really look at the episode description. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: M E N A C I N G M E C H A. Like, Mecha is in, like, Gundam Mecha.
0: Okay. Okay, well, that is going to do it for us here. Uh, Again, thank you all for listening, and take care.